welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now our home. And for the first time, we've crossed a country border in shadow. In our house. In our home. Yay! Yeah. We did it. It's pretty exciting. I feel like it's a pretty good milestone. Yeah, no, we're like legit on this trip now. Yeah. We we can't pretend we're not on this trip anymore. Mm-hmm. So we'll get more on that later. We're now in Ecuador, though. Yeah. And we're liking it so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the last episode, we were in Kali. Right. And Kali was Fine. great. We found a great mechanic there. We mentioned last time. Well, he was a very helpful, very kind man who spent a ton of time with me. Here's the thing, though. Kali is like main attraction is apparently going salsa dancing, which neither Adam or I had like any interest in doing. Yeah, like, I don't think we even talked about it. I'm too coordinated for salsa dancing, mm-hmm. really. Yes, like that the, is the problem. I mm-hmm. would go in there, and they would just be it like, so "You are, yeah, you are just <laughs> so good." <laughs> I, I don't even feel comfortable teaching you anything. That's what they would probably say. When we were dating, Adam read some article about how <laughs> to like dance well as a man. And it was like, it's all about the right leg. It's, it is. Which is just, who wrote that? It's totally true. No, no, that? no. You just got to move your right leg. And it's all <laughs> just the right leg. The point of this story is Adam's a terrible dancer. Yeah. So <laughs> it was off, off the table completely. Uh, yeah. We weren't going to go salsa dancing. Um, we could have done some Spanish lessons there, but we had already done Spanish lessons in. Columbia. Columbia. And mm-hmm. I think our goal is to do like a couple days in every country, although... We probably won't be in Ecuador for a lot. Yeah. Now. Ecuador, we're, we're pretty impacted on time. We're trying to plan mm-hmm. our, our next couple of weeks on what we're going to do. Yeah. So we actually left Kali a day early. Uh, Well, no, we didn't. We thought oh, we, we didn't? Were, we thought we remember. We were going to, and then we're like, oh, we're too disorganized. This isn't going to be a good plan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we opted to stay in Kali because the day we were going to leave was Monday, which was mm-hmm. a holiday. Um, and then we opted to stay in Kali an extra six hours to get an additional thing done to the suspension of Shadow mm-hmm. with this amazing mechanic um, upon his advice. And I'm really glad we did that. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. In, in a new segment. In a new segment. We'll get to that. Um, so we drove from Kali to a little campsite that was on our iOverlander app. Yeah, both of the places we stayed on our way south mm-hmm. to get out of Columbia were iOverlander suggestions. Yeah, and we met up with this family of five. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was super cool. So they're from Washington State, and it was a set of parents and then a set of triplets who yeah. were all 13 years old. And they had been on, they, their ultimate goal is to be on the road for two years, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, like 13. So the big question that popped into my mind is, what are they doing about school? They're not in school. Um, and I checked out their website, mm-hmm. and that's their whole project. It's called the... Um, the World School Project. World School Project. And what it is is the mom was a homeschool teacher before mm-hmm. they left, and then they decided to just hit the road and, and have um, her do the homeschooling while on the road. Yeah. Which is super cool in my book. Yeah. And their uh, their son, the boy of the triplets, was super chatty and super precocious and hilarious yeah so i really enjoyed uh getting to chat with him the sisters were a little shyer and were kind of like hanging back um but he had a lot to say yeah he had a lot of video game questions video game questions horror movies Uh have you seen this and Mm -hmm. then he was like i haven't seen it but have you guys seen human centipede (laughs) 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 
Here's a movie I will literally never see. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I don't know. It's something about humans. Is it sewn mouth to butthole, like uh, in a line? Oh, that's they become a centipede. That's a really disturbing. That's the dumbest idea and disgusting. And it's just like everything about it is like this is just Who, unnecessary. Who's organizing that project? You know, like I haven't watched <laughs> the movie. Maybe one of our listeners has, and they can tell us. I'm just God curious. Knows we're not going to watch it. Is it like a human doing that to another human, or is that like the devil? You know, you can keep asking questions. I'm still not going to know the answer to that. I think we should just speculate about it (laughs) for the rest (laughs) of the episode. They were adorable, that family. And while we were chatting with them, a group of three police officers rolled up. Yeah. And just were also incredibly chatty. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I think the south of Colombia is a little dicier in terms of all the types of things that we would worry about, uh, you know, instability. Needing a police escort is well, something I heard m- rumors um, about, but like still a lot of guerrilla armed forces yeah. in the south, in yeah. a way that there wasn't anywhere else we'd been. And there was a lot more of a police presence. There was a lot more of a military presence. Mm-hmm. And these three police officers were having a conversation in Spanish, of course. Uh, and it was, you know, they were talking to when, when we have a conversation in Spanish with a Spanish speaker, they usually calibrate to us and slow down. But yeah. they were talking to. The father of the family who's Chilean. Yeah. And so well, it was the, a fast And they all, I think they all spoke Spanish fluently, even the kids. Um, was yeah, what but I the asked. dad was really the one leading the conversation. Yeah, but it was a lot faster. It was a little harder to follow exactly, but yeah. the gist of it was that three, uh, or no, six, six police officers had been killed. The night before. The night before in a car. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure, We the thing is we couldn't really find details on that when we searched we may just not have done a good job about searching yeah we were going to try to find a news story to corroborate it um, yeah. and we couldn't find anything but that has more to do probably with our uh like lack of knowledge of who the local news is in the area and not using the right search terms yeah just the right like term we were like yeah. searching for assassinate and it's not exactly well, that's the right the verb like when i read other they use that instead of, like because when you search morir and muerte um, yeah. it was like all accidents involving police officers. It was like, oh, you know, somebody, there's a lot of police, uh, fatal police car accidents. I think there just might be a lot of accidents. Yeah. In <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, but it was interesting and they were talking, he was saying the, the chattiest cop was saying that, um, he doesn't go, he like pointed off in a direction. He's like, I don't go five minutes that direction without other police officers. Yeah. He was saying that being a police officer is kind of like having a target painted on your back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there are a lot of imposters that wear the same type of vest, chaleco, uh, the, the yellow police vest that you see no, in Colombia. No, said that that was the one way you could tell it wasn't them. They don't wear the vest, but they have the full uniform except for the shoes. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I meant. What the shoes yeah. were different. They wear, like, uh, galoshes instead of, um, like, the standard-issue police leather shoes. Yeah. Um, which was an interesting thing that we'd actually heard from somebody else as well. Uh, yeah, Connor told us that, I think, the difference between... And also that Czechoslovakian tourist who was on, like, a walkabout. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. He seemed a little greener, though, to Colombia. He was very, you know, like, on edge about oh, yeah. everything that was going to happen. Yeah. And, like, he, he was the one that said, oh, yeah, our bus had police escorts in this part. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I think they may have just been driving next to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, we felt safe. Um, it yeah. seemed fine. We got out of there. But I think what was interesting is, so we had our first real discussion about safety with the armed forces uh, that are like in the armed conflict that is happening for the first time, th- like two days before leaving Columbia. 
Um, and that was like the first time it had really come up in a serious way. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Like we've been here for like, or we were there for like two months and we only really brushed up against it once. Yeah. And it's not, that's not for lack of trying. We definitely were curious about that and, and talking asking, to people. Yeah. yeah asking people. For the most part, people were like, yeah, that doesn't really happen here. And that could just be a coincidence or it could just speak to Southern Colombia being a higher conflict area mm-hmm. where the police are much more prone to be worried about it. Yeah. I'm not sure. And so to close out our time in Colombia, we had to cross the border. Yeah. So the border crossing between Colombia and Ecuador, uh, going that direction, because every direction is different. Um, so basically, the first part is leaving Colombia. Mm-hmm. There's a process. And that process is actually fairly easy or is supposed Except to be. for. It's supposed to be fairly easy. All you do is you turn in your temporary import permit, which is like your, your passport for your car. Mm-hmm. And you get your passport stamped, um, just like you would when you're flying. All of that should be very smooth. Um, but I ran into a bit of a problem. Uh, so all of this should go with saying, um, Adam had me stay with the car while we were doing this. Because like all border crossings are like a little sketchier in terms of petty theft. It's, and it's, like it's that, a so no man's land. You're in between yeah, countries, so really. He had me stay with the car. So I didn't get to see any of this. So I find the, the office, iOverlander, again, great resource because it's just another point of interest that's added to a map. You can click it and you can see recent reports about where to go, what exact steps you need to do. I think it's going to be indispensable on in every crossing. And this crossing from Colombia to Ecuador is supposed to be easy. So I found the office. The very first step is turn in your temporary import permit. Mm-hmm. And I do that. I find the office. I sit down at the desk. Um, I hand my papers to the guy and he's like, okay, yeah. And he stamps them. Um, with this one stamp, which is just like a, a insignia right on the paper. And then right as he's about to stamp another stamp on it, he notices, oh, wait a minute, the date. And it turns out we only got Shadow approved for 72 days. When they we went through that whole process with Dion in Santa Marta, they... Uh, they apparently backdated the the amount of time that Shadow could stay to the amount of time that was left on our passports. So that was 72 days instead of 90 days. And me, uh, or, and I didn't notice. Maggie didn't notice. We hadn't even looked at these well, papers. I had never even seen the yeah, paper, Maggie never. Honest, I had nothing to do so with this. I shouldn't put it on you at all. Well, it's, you know, I'm not exactly responsible. <laughs> <laughs> like, I may not be responsible for the mistake, but I'm also not responsible for us being able to cross the border. Right. I had no idea. And so we were kind of screwed. So he, he notices the, the date. It's the 17th and our papers are only good into the 16th. And immediately, so a little bit stepping back here, mm-hmm. I had commented to Maggie uh, like the day before and I think just tempting fate. It's like, man, we had not had any bribe situations <laughs> ever arise. Like no one, last words. no one like tried to shake us down. We didn't even get pulled over for speeding or any like mm-hmm. BS traffic violations. We really, it just hasn't been as reported. Like it was really easy for us. Well, here we go. The guy notices the date and he's, we're in like an anteroom, like a, a front room. The rest of the DN office is behind him. He, as soon as he notices the date, he reaches behind him and shuts the door so the rest of the office <laughs> is closed off from where we are, just it's me and like, him in the room. This is legit. That's and like he's the like, first sign that this is legit. He's like, this is a big problem. He leans in. He's like, this is a big problem. You're going to have a lot of problems here. And then he immediately takes my papers and walks out of the office and hands my papers 
to just this random guy, this random guy that had heckled me walking in, not heckled, but like hassled me like, Hey, do you need to change money? Do you need help with something? You didn't say it was one of those guys. He's just one of those guys. And this guy, so he hands my papers to this guy. And then the DN official comes back in the office and he says, you need to go with this guy. He's going to help you. I'm like, Oh geez, what is, what's happening here? So I go with this guy, I follow him and we walk well away from the DN office. We're standing on a side street. He's like, here's the deal. This is all in Spanish. So a little bit might have been over my head, but I picked out a lot of key pieces and I kind of got the gist of what he was trying to do. He's like, here's the deal. Your car is going to get detained. It needs to go to a police police lockup or it can stay here and be locked up. You need to go all the way back to the bank. You need to hire... He, he said the word abogado, which is lawyer. Yeah. And I... That was what that kind of set off the alarm bells. Like this is complete bullshit. Yeah. He's like, you need to go to the bank. You need to pay three hundred U.S. dollars to get this out of here. This is going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big, big problem. But you can pay me two hundred dollars right now. Legit. Right. <laughs> it's like okay. Yeah. Okay. So I immediately I'm like, no, let's go. Let's just go do the thing. He's like, yeah, but. And he, then that's when he actually pressed me and he said something about Avogado again. And I don't really, that, I know that means lawyer. So whatever he was saying, he, he said, you might need to hire a lawyer is probably what he said. I wonder if he was volunteering his services. He's like, and I can be your lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lawyer too. <laughs> um, so it's like, yeah, this is super legit. The, the DN official hands me off to the shady guy and the shady mm-hmm. guy is asking me to pay him $200 right now. Here's the thing. Our papers had already been stamped. So it's a question in my mind, even if we're fine. Like what's going to happen? Why is this random guy on the street holding my papers? Give me my papers is my attitude. It's like, yeah, like whatever. Let's do the real thing. Let's do the official thing. I'm kind of calling his bluff. Mm -hmm. And then I start and he's like, no. And he pushes back and then he's he's starting to convince me. So I get out my phone and I'm starting to search and trying to find what the actual costs are. Mm -hmm. And then I just think, all right, time to negotiate. I'm like a hundred (laughs) dollars. I'll pay you a hundred dollars. And he's like, no, 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 this is a thing. Like, this is how much it costs. And I'm like, this is a bribe. <laughs> I tell him, like, this is a bribe. Don't tell me this isn't a bribe. And you're telling me I need to pay $300 at the bank. I don't believe you. And yeah. I said all that, and it came across well, because then he was like, all right, 150 <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, now we're starting to work. Um, and I, so we, we're haggling back and forth. And I get him down to 120 US. Yeah. And I just wanted to go. You know, like I was, I did believe we would have to go to a bank to pay fees. And yeah. I didn't, I wasn't able to find the well, exact. You came back to the car and asked me to. Yeah, asked your input. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't find the exact amount and it's prone to change apparently. But it does say, I did find a lot of reports online that Colombia does take overstaying a visa very seriously. Mm-hmm. This isn't exactly a visa, it's a much more specialized thing. It's mm-hmm. overstaying a temporary import permit. Um, by a day by a day and the reason our passports were still valid is because we left to san francisco and came back Um, but our car did not get that updated thing so i decided to just go ahead and pay the bribe well we both decided we were like no let's just go well yeah get out of here the thing is um you know he takes so he's like okay you're gonna pay me fine Mm -hmm. he takes me back to the office and he's like when you go in the first of all he's like before you go in the office give me give me the money i'm like no i'm not paying you before no he's like all right when you go in there don't say anything about money. There's cameras. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Very, very on the up and up. Legit. Um, so this guy hands me back to the original DN agent, who's obviously his partner in crime in right. this. Like, he just has that guy do all the dirty, dirty work yeah. so that he's not culpable. Um, 
And so the guy bring, he comes, I come back in the office and it's December 17th or November 17th mm-hmm. and he changes his stamp and he stamps it November 16th on the form. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, now it's going to go in the system November 16th. Everything is going to be fine. And I get like a copy of that form, not for any use. I don't need that form. It just needs to be stamped and in Dan's system with yeah. the right date. Um, so I leave and this is the moment of truth. Like the guy's outside. He no longer has any hold on me. I could just be like, no, fuck off. I'm not paying you. But that would be pretty risky. I think it would have been a bold move, but I think I could have gotten away with it because having the stamp on the form November 16th. Yeah. And then the only thing that... You didn't even tell me you considered this. The only repercussion would have been uh, the DN agent retroactively changing the stamp, but there's no real undo on the stamp. Like he doesn't have a copy of the forms. And so it would probably look pretty bad to his supervisors to have the form be stamped with an acceptable date canceled out somehow and then stamped with November yeah. uh, November 17th but also you know like it could have gotten like confrontational if I decided not to pay and didn't hold up and a deal is a deal it would have been as shady as the whole thing was like that would be yeah. the next level of shady it would be responding to shady with shady so I paid him yeah bit the bullet yeah. but yeah. it was it's pretty funny that it was just like I don't feel as bad because it was our mistake right yeah like we did overstay we our, so but, um, but it was funny that I had just, just said the day before like oh no bribes we got all the way through without any bribes yeah what cracks me up about it is like we got so many warnings about columbia from people who typically had never been to columbia and they were like oh you're gonna have to pay all these bribes and you're gonna have to like really you know be careful about safety there's people with guns running around everywhere and we didn't see much evidence of that, but it was hilarious that it all waited to like the last two days that we were there. And yeah. Like, oh yeah, the, there's some very light truth to this stuff. It's just not quite what it was uh, explained to us as being. Right. We never got, we, we were never shook down for something that wasn't our fault, I guess is the way to put it. Like we, this was totally I'm on us. I'm still salty about our entrance shadows entrance into the country but that wasn't a bribe situation i don't think they were doing that just because they wanted it wasn't a bribe situation but it was banana town um that might lead us nicely into a general columbia country recap yeah i mean that was the end of our experience with columbia yeah all in all uh i'd say it's probably our most dangerous country right like having gone through it two months or actually almost three months of time in in columbia uh government advisories and things like that yeah, um, it's just a much more unstable climate because of the armed conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that risk. Yeah. And we got through that just fine. Yeah. Um, so it's great. To, it, it's a good feeling, I think, to like be able to be like, oh, all right, well. We did it. We did that, yeah. We did Columbia. Um, Columbia, what do you think, Maggie? How, how should we go about a, beautiful. a country review? Um, well, just overview-wise, I did not realize how varied the landscape of Columbia was going to be. Yeah. Um, and so that was like a really exciting surprise. I remember when we were in Tyrona, mm-hmm. the very first oh, camping, God. you were very worried about how hot and sticky it was going to be. And I didn't know enough. I knew like, oh, Medellin has a really great weather because yeah. it's higher up. But I didn't really realize that pretty much all of Columbia is much higher climate. Yeah. Like even in the valleys, it gets hotter. But I think that's an airflow thing. You're mm-hmm. you're in pretty high elevation. It's pretty rare that you're down to four thousand feet. Yeah. I so my favorite places were probably La Guajira, the place in northernmost um Colombia that we drove out to that was like very remote. Punta absolutely. Was absolutely. Like a number one thing. But also um 
Barichara, the little colonial city that we went to that was higher altitude, so it was like nicer weather. We camped in that spot where we had pea drama, but like other than that, it was really beautiful. Yeah, it was a very pleasant town. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it was incredible to get to do, to see so many different kinds of landscape. Um, and so that was really exciting. I loved that. Yeah, what absolutely. What were your favorite places? I really liked our drive to El Kukui. Um, oh, yeah, that was beautiful too. We didn't get altitude sickness until <laughs> after the drive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like six hours after. And I only got it really bad probably because of the wine I drank and yeah. not not well advised to do that. Um, that was beautiful. Uh, what else? I, I liked the Tatakoa desert a lot. Mm -hmm. I liked that drive to get to the Tatakoa desert a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd say, yeah, like, uh, just the variety. It's a very rich mm -hmm. country. Um, it's exciting. I feel like I've acclimated to the driving conditions in a way. And I think you too have to settle down a little bit about that though. I think other places yeah. follow traffic law a little bit more. Oh no, I'm adjusting now too. Yeah. E Ecuador is definitely a little more tame. Uh, there's a lot more adherence to and there's a lot more two lane roads. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot less need for drastic measures. Yeah. Um, um so what would be your toughest time in Colombia, do you think? Like when was when you were like, oof, this is rough. Hmm. I think probably that moment at the very, very beginning where you were kind of freaking out. You were worried that it was not going to be enjoyable for you the entire time we were in <laughs> Colombia based on our first night, um, which was in just Tirana, a big, yeah. big coincidence. But um, that was a little scary. It was like, oh, geez, is this going to just be brutal for Maggie the whole time? And, and for me, too, by extension. Yeah, thanks. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. if, if you're miserable, it's like, that's yeah. a real thing. You're one half of the group. So. Yeah. I think Columbia presented me with my first time being infested with fleas mm -hmm. and that was gross. It is gross. So maybe either fleas or the initial difficulty getting shadow onto the continent were the two kind of most dramatic and difficult times. Yeah. Um, I'd say the difficulty getting shadow in may have highlighted some particularly Colombian excitement around bureaucracy. Right. Um, There's a lot of it, but none of it makes any sense. Yeah. So maybe that's my choice because it's like particularly Colombian. And as soon as we told anyone about it, they were like, oh, yeah, no, no one's surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, fleas, you can get anywhere. Yeah. I just never had fleas before. I I feel like the sand fleas or whatever it was that got us the second time oh, that were the ones we talked about in a, a lot in the last episode. Uh, but those are like already gone. The flea bites lasted for like two weeks of just fresh hell. I still have bites. I'm looking at my legs right now. I've, I still have healing. Oh, no, me too. But they're places. not like burning. No, no, no. But I feel like they lasted about the same amount of time. Yeah. And what would be your highest recommendation from Columbia? Like if you somebody was like, OK, listen, I'm going to go to Columbia. And I already have most of my itinerary planned and I'm super mobile. I want to go to one place that you recommend. So you're thinking somebody that has a car of their own. Sure. In that case, definitely a drive some, such as uh, El Kukui mm -hmm. or just getting into the high altitude regions, mm -hmm. the very mountainous parts. Yeah. Um, it's just breathtaking and the contrast. I always love drives where you drive through lots of different micro biomes and have everything change in the course of like four or five hours and you get a lot of that by doing a road trip in yeah. Colombia. Yeah. Um, I would still choose Punta Gallinas. 
unique was like, oh, the most yeah. beautiful and strange and exciting place that we visited that felt like really special and like there's no other place in the world that would look like that and feel like that. Um, okay, so we thought a little bit about two new things that we could add to our po- podcast because we're always trying to make it more organized so it's not just us yappity yapping on and on forever and ever. Amen. Particularly uh, about technical things because we get really mixed feedback about that. Like some people love it and they're like, more, more technical things. And then some people are like, please stop. Okay. <laughs> I need to correct you on that, Maggie. Yeah. Everyone that actually makes a point of saying something loves it. They want more technical things. No. The people that don't want it are just you. No, <laughs> that's not true. My Uncle Todd was like, yeah, you, you lose me with the. Uh, the technical stuff, and John said it too. Uh, all yeah. right, but they don't and write into us. Two people with excellent taste—they don't need to write into us because they are like our close friend and my uncle. I feel like we've gotten <laughs> a lot more votes for technical stuff than against technical stuff. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we came up with this idea accidentally on the last episode. Mm-hmm. So Adam's this technical week, corner. We are introducing Adam's technical corner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is it right now? It's is this the right corner now, Betty? Are we in the corner? Take it away, pal. So first of all, uh, we had some suspension work done on Shadow on the springs and the the shocks, um, and what those things are, what those components do on a vehicle, everyone kind of knows. But it the springs are the thing that hold the vehicle up, so that when you go over a bump, all of that bump doesn't transfer into the actual passenger area of the vehicle. That's what the spring does. And then actually, I didn't understand this until I started learning about cars. The shock absorber is the opposite. So what it does is make it so that your car doesn't just keep bouncing up and down, up and down, up and down because you're on springs that have been set off. The shock absorber stops the springs from doing their springy action. So first, that was the, the basis for what we were changing. And then we had some work done on Shadow this week. We decided to spend the extra six hours uh, and just hang around in town in Kali before we left to have the rear suspension height raised. The reason we did this is because our suspension droops massively in the back. And we did upgrade the suspension to be at stronger springs because we knew there was going to be a lot of weight, but it doesn't matter because so much of the weight is in the back, it causes our rear tire to droop. Would you say that Shadow has a little junk in the trunk? I think you said that last week. Oh, <laughs> it's still good. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of junk in the trunk, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so... The problem with that is you have uneven wear on the components of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So if the back of the the car is always drooping, you're going to use brakes differently and you're going to have your rear suspension wear out. A lot of the weight is in the back instead of in the front and you want to have equal distribution. So on the recommendation of Henry, what we did instead of um, putting in stronger springs in the back, because that's not really an option. They just can't get those in Columbia. It takes about a week. Um, was just put spacers in. And this causes, basically a spacer is exactly what you think. It's just a piece of metal or a piece of plastic that's about two inches tall that they put above the springs that hold up the vehicle in the back. And this costs all the weight to shift forward so that all of the distribution of the weight is a lot more even throughout the entire vehicle. So that's Adam's technical corner for the week. That choice has really improved the handling of the vehicle and also just the aesthetics, personally. I think the droop looks bad because you notice it um what do you think maggie i didn't notice anything really changed it handles a lot better no that's he she did you notice that molly sanchez commented on her instagram with hashtag shadow is a he 
I no, I didn't. I thought that said Shadow was a she. Yeah, it was definitely some wishful reading. Don't worry, I'll be here for the rest of your life. So to, that's a new to hashtag. Read things correctly to you. So Molly's invented a new hashtag. It's <laughs> Shadow is a she. Hashtag. Sa- Shadow is a he. No, no, that's the hashtag. The hashtag <laughs> is Shadow is a she. You're the worst. Um, the it's, other new segment. Yeah. So we thought if I was gonna blabber on for two or three minutes about technical stuff. And Maggie mm-hmm. is going to have to stay engaged and pay attention the mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-hmm. Then there should be an opposite segment. So about Maggie's self care, and w- you decided to call it Maggie's self care pillow fort. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie's self care pillow fort. Yeah. All right. So we're on the road, and things are can be really uncomfortable, um, physically and also emotionally. Um, and it's something that people, particularly women in my life, have kind of discreetly asked me about. It's like, well, what do you do? Because you are you don't have any of your friends around you, and you don't speak the language as well, et cetera. So, like, a lot of my faculties are gone in a way that um, is rewarding and exciting, but also, like, can be a little isolating. Um, and one of my biggest things that has been emotionally difficult is not being home in the wake of the election while... Um, you know, I, I'm from a community that's really active and I have a lot of friends who are activists and not being there to stand in solidarity with them, um, made me feel really guilty and has been very difficult. Um, and it was even a thing where like I discussed with Adam the potential that like I might need to go home, um, which we decided against because that's crazy. We've been planning this trip for like two years. So my self-care this week was calling my congresswoman and my senators, and um, it made me feel really good, particularly calling Barbara Lee, um, who was the only congresswoman to vote against the Iraq War. And I remember being in high school and being very moved by that and feeling like the slogan that came out at the time was, Barbara Lee speaks for me. And I got to tell her representative that she still does, and it made me feel good in my heart. Well, I'm glad, Maggie. Yeah. I'm very glad. I only cried once on that phone call, so nailed it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine crying on a phone call, but to, to a third party. <laughs> to just, just like a nice lady who's like, yeah. and is there anything else you want to say? She's and like, I was like, Barbara Lee, no, speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the update for Maggie's self-care pillow fort. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So now we can get to the three Bs. Okay. So, Adam, what's your choice for beautiful? Um, okay. Yeah, I'd say the drive in Ecuador has been really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's The roads, first of all, are a lot better. They're wider. They're two-lane. They're, for the most part, in great condition. And a lot of the trekkers pull over when um, they've got, like, a line of cars behind them. Yeah, I think because there actually are segments with two lanes, they know mm-hmm. that they'll be able to do their passing at some point. Mm-hmm. They're fine seeding the way a little bit and not, it's not like a desperate competition mm-hmm. like it is in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, yeah, this giant highway is still winding through really, really beautiful um, terrain. And we, I think went up to 12,000 feet and down to 8,000 and we're going around a volcano mm-hmm. and the clouds coming over the mountains were really dramatic. It, there's that thing where the cloud like just halfway reaches over the mountain and is kind of like fingering its way down the, this hillside. Mm-hmm. sliding its way down mm-hmm. um very very beautiful mm-hmm. what about you maggie mm. 
this is kind of an odd pick, but we visited a restaurant in Ibarra um, after setting up our SIM cards at a shopping mall, basically. And the guy who owned the restaurant, um, Fernando Patricio, was just like so sweet and so wonderful and so chatty and so curious. And he had a lot of questions about like, you know, our feelings about the election and what traveling had been like, what kind of travel we're interested in. And he'd also been married for like 36 years. And so we asked him for advice about that. And he had very sweet advice about that. His wife's, so he is Fernando Patricio and his wife's name is Patricia Fernanda. <laughs> and I was like, is that just a coincidence? He was like, yeah, are you dumb? Anyway, <laughs> and he put on Beyonce for us. Yeah, he was like, Beyonce. what kind of music do you like? He asked us when we came in, and mm-hmm. we're like, uh, not important. We yeah, don't care. Put on whatever you like. And he didn't put anything on. And then later, once we had warmed up a little bit, he's like, really, though? Tell me something to put on. Because he was basically typing into YouTube yeah. onto a computer that was connected to a TV. And he's just like, tell me something. And we're like, okay. And Maggie said, Beyonce. So we got to listen to Beyonce. And we just had classic Beyonce going on great. in the background. It was really great. So his hospitality was beautiful and his investment in making sure that we got to see the best of Ecuador was also very sweet and very mm-hmm. earnest. Um, yeah, he went out and got us a whole bunch of maps, more mm-hmm. maps than we could ever use. <laughs> some of them of Ibarra, which we were leaving directly yeah, after. Some but of still, them in German. Yes, yeah, I'm in German. <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted to cover all the bases and he really cared. So that And was it's a nice. restaurant called El Diablo es un puerco, which means the devil is a swine or a pig. Yeah. Um. And good food. And it was good food. food. So yeah. we'll put a link to it. Um, his son studied under that famous Peruvian chef, the one um, guest on whatever his name is, who has the restaurant in San Francisco and whose restaurant we went to in Colombia. Yeah, he has got a lot of restaurants everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's a brand. Anyway, um, so that was my choice for Beautiful. All right. Yeah. Great. What's your choice, Adam, for Brutal? Brutal. Um, so we mentioned the crossing, the Colombian side of the border crossing. Each border crossing has two sides. Mm-hmm. The crossing in Ecuador was, we had, first of all, we had to wait in a long line, right, for immigration. And that could happen in an airport. That was in like, an unventilated room yeah. with a six-year-old boy blowing into uh, a whistle. Ah, uh, there really should be no whistles allowed in immigration crossings. Yeah, he has this little boy <laughs> just walking around like, yeah, over and over and over. No tune, no nothing, just yeah. going for it. No rhyme or reason. He's yeah. just getting at it with a whistle. Yeah. Um, really adds a little je ne sais quoi to the whole experience of yeah. standing in a hot <laughs> immigration line for 45 minutes. But that wasn't actually my part of it. That was brutal. After that, Maggie again stayed with the car because only one person, only the driver needs to deal with the temporary import permit. And just like in Colombia, we needed to get one for Ecuador. So I went to the office. I found it on my own. I don't mm-hmm. know. I He wasn't there at all. I don't know what the deal was, but it was just an office that was wide open and empty. But from the descriptions on iOverlander, it was definitely the office. Um, so I went back to just this big place that lots of people were trying to make declarations at windows about mm-hmm. their customs, uh, like Ottawanas. Um, and then this guy out of nowhere just comes and finds me like, hey, are you, because I'm holding a car title. So he's like, hey, are you doing a temporary vehicle import? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, come with me, come with me. And he kind of looks like he's dressed officially. And I, I'm like, all right, sure. And I'll follow him, you know, because right now I have no idea what I'm doing. He takes me back to the same office with no one sitting there. And he's like, oh, the guy will be back very quickly like five or ten minutes later he's like all right you know what let me go look you know and i'm standing around and after and in this five and ten minutes i'm looking at this guy i'm like this is you're not a an official i don't know what the deal is he's just kind of a helper guy um 
He does find the guy. In five or ten minutes, he comes back. So I'm already waiting like 15 minutes. Guy comes, and he sits me down in the office. And I'm sitting there, like having had waited for 15 minutes. And he's like booting up his computer. And it is the slowest, shittiest Windows computer I've ever seen. (laughs) It's got like virus warnings popping up. It takes like 10 minutes just to get to the point where he can actually open any programs. And then the program he chooses to open is Microsoft Outlook. He checks his email while I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there looking at him, and he's just like browsing his email for another five minutes. And I'm like, ah, geez, just bite your tongue. Don't be rude. He's, you know, he, he controls the keys of the kingdom right now. So eventually he finally gets to it. Uh, and then immediately he, like, he's like, can I see your passport? And I show him my passport. He's like, I can't read this. You got to go find the customs guy. You got to go find the guy who stamped you in because I don't know if this says 30 days or 90 days. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's, it doesn't matter. I'll take, I'll take either one, 30 or 90. He's like, no, I don't know. So I'm not going to give you the form. And so I have to go track down that guy who is now on lunch. So there's like this whole process of finding a guy, find the guy, find, and the guy's like, all right. And I drag him back to the office with the temporary import permit guy. And the guy's just like, 90 days. That's all it is. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he walks away. And then like another two or three minutes go by in his email and he starts doing the form. Finally, everything gets done according to the plan. And then right as this guy's wrapping up, the other guy comes up, the guy, the original guy mm-hmm. that found me. And he's like, hey, just, just so you know, tip. And he's just like, propina, me and him. And he points to him and him. He's like, propina. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to pay. For, I don't say this. I'm thinking like, I'm not going to pay for the right yeah <laughs> to, to do like do your bureaucracy that has now taken like 45 minutes for no reason yeah um so as i'm walking back to the car this guy follows me well follows me all the way back to the car and then actually like taps me on the shoulder and he's like hey propina and, I'm, and at that point i have to be like no i'm not i'm not get tipping again like what i just said i'm not tipping no it was a pretty brutal experience makes me feel bad about what my brutal could even potentially be because you did all the hard work on the border crossing and mine's gonna be like i just sit in the car for a really long time <laughs> listening <laughs> no, to this podcast no. um my brutal it's probably just that we did like three days in a row of like really intense driving like hardly stopping for food or anything um yeah we we really do have to start getting up earlier just so that we don't get to this like, oh, it's we're going to get there at 530. We're going to yeah. get there at 6. I guess <gasps> we're going to eat tuna and plantain chips tonight. Yeah. I have a better brutal. Okay. Brutal, um, brutal change. So the place, the first campsite we went to in Ecuador, uh, the lady who owns it also keeps a fucking pack of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> there, She keeps five dogs and some of the other dogs were guests, like long-term guests. But there were like but 10 dogs at the gate when we were trying to get in. Yeah. And, like, I love dogs. I love them so much. But there's something when there's that many of them and there's no kind of discernible person in charge of all of them. Yeah. Like, they were not really listening to her. They were not really, like, and when we barking pull- and barking and barking. They're all bigger dogs, too. Yeah. We pull up to the gate and apparently we figured out these dogs just bark at everything <laughs> outside of the gate. So well, when- and inside of the gate. Well. They randomly get set off, like. Yeah. Remember when you accidentally set off the car alarm? They were all barking about that. Yeah. And there were a yeah. couple other times you hear the dogs barking again. Anyway. We were the biggest douchebags that night, too, because we got there at, like, after dark. And then at some point, about an hour, 30, 35 minutes after we were there. I accidentally set off the I car. accidentally set off the car alarm. Which it was, was on like for, the, like, maybe 
two seconds max. Yeah, but that was enough to set off the dogs yeah. that then swarmed the car and barked at us and yeah. was just like making such a ruckus at this campsite. So that's my choice for brutal is the dogs having like that many dogs that like I think one that of them was really friendly and I liked it, but all the other ones were there was like I thought that there were a few like individually like they're good dogs, but because they have this whole pack mentality mm-hmm. and there's one yappy one that just starts the barking at any person that's running by. There's a lot of joggers in yeah. this place, so they would run by on the street and every person they'd that would run by in the morning, the dogs would just immediately start barking like yeah. all hell is breaking out. Yeah. So. Uh, bizarre. 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 I have a bizarre ready. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. So we got our car washed before we um, crossed the border uh, just because it was like filthy and disgusting and muddy and gross. And it was had been kind of a pain camping because we have to like touch the car so much. <laughs> um, so we got the car washed and at the place where we're getting the car washed, they had a hose hooked up, obviously, as you do at a car wash. But at some point, the spigot that controlled the hose just started like exploding water Um and it was went on for probably like 10 minutes of just like this geyser of water shooting across this car wash. And, you know, all the guys who work there are trying to figure out what to do. Um, they're like putting a piece of wood over it to try to keep it from like spraying everywhere and spraying everyone. And they're all getting all wet. And eventually they just pounded it closed with a rock. Yeah. And I was like, that was a hell of a solution, guys. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot. There was a lot of water, and it was spraying, like, five feet behind where they were washing our car. Yeah, and and it was probably spraying, like, 15 feet across the car wash, this dirt car wash. Yeah. Um, So that was my choice for Bizarre. It was just the, you know what? I've had it. Just hit it with a rock. Yeah. (laughs) Problem solved. Problem solved. It was still running, actually, when we left. It just wasn't geysering anymore. Yeah. Like, they had not actually successfully turned it off. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my pick is actually kind of a retroactive pick now that we've done the process here in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. We set up cell phones here. Oh, so easy. It was so easy. We could buy the cards. I didn't have to sit with my passport and do a whole bunch of forms. Mm-mm. We just got a card. And then to activate it, all you really have to do is call, make a phone call mm-hmm. on the card. and that To a all, Claro user? Yeah, to another Claro phone, and that activates it. And then we you know, pre prepaid it. So we put on some money mm-hmm. and we were able to buy our, our data packages. It just worked. Everything was just nice and easy. Everything worked. Uh, and it was so simple. In comparison to Claro in Colombia, which is a nightmare. And it's just bizarre how hard it is to do anything, how hard it is to get answers about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we just got lucky, but we got the most helpful person ever in the Ecuadorian I don't think we did just get lucky because then we had follow-up questions with that guy and he answered us just as cogently. Yeah. Um, It really isn't all that complicated. I I think think there's just different attitudes about bureaucracy in the two countries and we went through two processes that threw that into like very stark contrast. Yeah. So Colombia's process is bizarre to me. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Great. Well, you can find us on Instagram at Let's Not Panic. Yes, indeed. And please subscribe and review us on iTunes. And Maggie is thinking about creating a Twitter account for Let's Not Panic. Oh, right. And we thought we would do a test, a test run, to see if that would even be useful, if people would want to talk to us that way. Yeah. Um, 
So if you would find that useful, reach out to Maggie on Twitter on her current account, mm -hmm. which is at E-M-T-E-E -E Hall, M-T Hall um, on Twitter. Is that right? That's the one. All right. Perfect. So if you would like to talk to us on Twitter, let me know on Twitter. Exactly. Seems like the best way yeah. to like test those waters. Mm -hmm. um, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. All right. Thanks Thank for you. listening, guys. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. This is what it sounds like where we are. Señor,